Respect the process. Back for yet another week. As long as they leave the doors unlocked, we're going to keep coming in. <laughs> That's right. Kelly Hunter and Chris Stewart, <laughs> and I can still smell the smoke. Uh, you know, it's amazing how one year in the same amount of smoke can smell so much different. Yeah. Because it was a stench 12 months ago in Knoxville. Mm -hmm. It was glorious at Bright Denny. It was really nice. And uh, I'm not well, even going to talk about the first half. There really was, other than... We didn't play the first half, did Other we? than did they winning, score? winning the coin toss. We did. That's right. Deferring to the second half. That's really the only thing that needs to be spoken about. And by golly, half. when we defer to the second half, we defer to the second half. We, we not only refused to take the football, we didn't want to do anything with it when we got it. Um, not a good half. Could have been worse. Defense did a great job. Yeah, kept them in the game. Offense had a couple of opportunities. Um, wasn't a train wreck, but it was, it was not good. And it, you know, really, there's that swing because it's 13. To, they've outplayed you. Mm -hmm. It was couldn't have ended the half in a worse position. No, but than to it, let them score. You're so close to. You know, you're driving to take the lead. Right. Right. Wasn't it? Thir yeah, it was 13 to seven. And you're driving to take yeah. the lead, and you get the deflection, the pick, and they come to the other end of the field and mm -hmm. score the touchdown. So that's truly a 14-point swing. Yes. So it was, yeah, it was pretty quiet there. And if there were access to a, broad, a bottle of Crown, somebody was probably going to get into it at halftime if it was an Alabama fan. There probably, uh, there probably were several. I'm, um, I'm just... You know, I'm just saying that that may have taken place in some skyboxes, but second half, dear Lord, outside of running the kickback, you couldn't have asked for a better start. Uh, so impressive, and then you turn around and do the job on defense, and it, man, it just snowballed, and it was great to see. Just great to see how they, they stayed poised. Uh, they were aggressive. They get a scoop and score to make it look yeah. like the old school defense. Yeah. So there was a ton to be happy about and excited about, not just the result, but how you got there. And I really don't, and I could be wrong, but to start the second half with those two scripted plays, yeah. to score in the fashion that they did, right? I have to believe that most Alabama fans watching that at that point thought, we're going to win this game. Yeah. I mean, just based on the execution. And that's such a big word that we have used right. so many times this year. The execution on those two plays. So clean to get that started. Mm -hmm. And then to do the job defensively, you just felt like, all right, here we come. Yeah. Here we come. And, you know, I'm a huge optimist. I'm also somewhat realistic. I truly felt when they scored like that, here we go. Yeah. And, you know, when you do get it to 14 with seven and a half minutes to go, I just didn't think. Tennessee had anything left in the tank. Yeah. I thought that defense had been out there too long. The offense looked worried for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, it felt like it was going to go exactly the way it did. Well, so when Coach was on Pat McAfee's show last week, he said that this team plays well when, quote, they're a little upset and have an edge. Yeah. He said last year's team played with more anxiety than edge. Right. But I, I, I truly believe that halftime, that's where this team was. They were a little upset, and then they had, and they found that edge. Yeah, I agree. And you know, I think they've really kind of had to find their identity. You knew last year. There's no doubt. Yeah. Bryce is the guy on offense. Will Anderson's the guy on defense. Now, they can't do it by themselves, obviously. Are there going to be other guys to step up? And some did. 
Um, unfortunately, they just had the two games that didn't play their best. Cost them a chance to play for the whole thing. Yeah. So we knew that they had flaws, but um, you knew who the leaders were. This year, I think that really needed to be identified, and I think they have now. I think it's, to me, it's clear they're going to sink or swim with, with Jalen okay. uh, in, in terms of being the guy, not just at quarterback, but being the leader on the offensive side. He can't do it himself, but I think there is plenty of confidence in him now that he can get the job done at that position. He's obviously well-liked. He's obviously well-respected. And I think they want to play well for him and around him on that side of the ball. Defensively, there's a ton of weapons. Mm -hmm. They're all playing well, and they seem to be getting better every week as well. So with those things continuing, and obviously we talk about it, but it shouldn't be understated. Special teams are as good as kickers mm-hmm. are as good as you'll find. Uh, Kool Aid's concerning me a little the bit. Punt returning, game, yeah, just kicker, yeah, a little apprehension there. Um, so, if that gets cleaned up, then this team has a chance. I really believe to be elite. This question, I, I, I came up with it last week. I was after we had done our show. I think it maybe meant more last week than it did this week, but. Do you think Alabama would go out and pursue in the portal a veteran quarterback after what we know now about Jalen Milrow? Or do you think he is now who they, who would they have invested in to be the quarterback or if there were an elite quarterback available? I think we got to wait and see how it plays out, and here's why. There's so much time left in the season. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. I wouldn't put it past him to go off and be so good. Remember now, he's a sophomore, but he's a third-year sophomore. And I know, please, before you start laughing, let me finish my, my thought process. He's eligible to be drafted, okay? Yeah. Three years. Right. So he's, he's a sophomore, but, but he's eligible to be drafted in the NFL. Obviously, I don't expect that to be the case. But my point is, the reason we can't, I can't tell you whether you go after somebody in the portal, because it can go one of two ways. He could blow up so much in the next month and a half, two months, Mm -hmm. that he becomes a draft prospect and he's gone. So, yeah, you better go find somebody in the portal. Or he could revert back to who he was prior to this past weekend Mm -hmm. and now at season's end you're not fully convinced that he's the guy that can win the job and if there is a clear elite guy somewhere else that could step in and do it for one year yeah I could see that happening but they've also got some young quarterbacks now that they really like Mm -hmm. beyond the two that were uh, that have been given snaps this year you know they've got they've got a couple of young guys that will have a year under their belt in the system, even though they're not likely to see the field uh, in a regular season game or at least substantial yeah. playing time. They they like who's on campus, uh, but having another one, especially a, a fifth year guy, I could see that happening. 
again, if Jalen goes one direction mm -hmm. to the extreme or the other in an extreme. Here we are this far into the season and we're still talking about ifs. Yeah, of, you uh, are. Hey. Yeah, but that's not uncommon. It no. really isn't. It's, it's all based on is it going really well, is it going really bad. And it's just too soon. If I were to if I were to put five bucks on is you know, one of those two scenarios is gonna happen. Yeah. If 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 you're told definitively now, let me be clear. I don't think either one's going to happen. Mm -hmm. I think he'll be somewhere in the middle, and he'll be a front-runner for the Heisman next year. Mm -hmm. That's what I think Jalen will be, one of the, the front-runners for next season. That being said, if I'm putting – if I'm only going to have the scenario of him going nuts in the next month and playing his way into draft consideration or falling off the map, I'm putting five bucks on him continuing – yeah. to get better be the guy because the stuff that he is great at can't be taught. Right. The speed, the strength, uh, obviously he's worked in the weight room to get there and he's worked in conditioning to be faster, all that stuff. But by and large, size, strength, uh, arm strength as well, those are things that are clear and God-given with him and there's no debating those with him mm -hmm. right now. There's other stuff he clearly has to work on and from a consistency standpoint. But the the stuff that can't be taught, he's already got. Yeah. And that's pretty special stuff. Well, and it's it's been a spell since we've had a situation like this at quarterback. You know, oftentimes the next guy up has stepped up and just exploded or has just come onto the scene yeah. uh, in grand fashion. Well, and again, I said it last week, and I probably said it a whole lot more than that. You go in Alabama football history from Richard Todd to Jalen Hurts before you have a starter in, on your team to being a clear starter in the NFL, and I guess it would be Jalen too at the same mm -hmm. time. That's how long it went. Yeah. We've had guys that have started games that are former quarterbacks, A.J., I know, and, mm -hmm. and others as well, but true clear cut for the year, he's our guy. It was Richard Todd than Jalen Tua, but it's Jalen Tua, Mac Bryce <laughs> is four straight. That's the misfortune yeah. that Jalen Hurts is judged by because that's the filter. You know Jalen He's Miller. a good court. Jalen Miller, I'm sorry. Okay. Forgive me. Like, there Jalen's. are a lot of Jalen's this Jalen's. year. And Jaden's and... Jaden's and Jalen's. And, and I will butcher it. But you, Milrow is who I'm yeah. talking about. So he is judged by the last four guys that have been there who all became NFL draft picks and starters. That's, that's tough. I'm not... Again, I think he can get there. He's yeah. got the tools to get there. He's just not there yet. And that's why. But neither was Mac Jones. Mac didn't even start yeah. until his senior year. And people didn't think he would oh, be the starter. Exactly. They thought Bryce would start ahead mm -hmm. of him. We'll wait and see. I want to ask a dumb question right well, now. Well, I'm your guy. Have there, in recent memory, been as many double numbers that start as we have right yeah. now? Yeah. It's, it's nuts. It is nuts, but that's part of it because guys request... I know. Certain numbers. And so you got you got an offense and a defense. Can't have two on the field at the same time, obviously. But you better believe it makes it tough for a play-by-play -play guy. I cannot Especially imagine. Especially in special teams. Yes. Early in the year, I thought Julio had blocked a kick 
uh, 10, 12 years ago, I guess 15, maybe 15, uh, I thought Julio had blocked a punt. It was Chris Rogers. You know, but yeah. in as they go flying in and it's game one and you don't know, it's two number eights. And they look a lot they alike. They look so a yeah. lot alike. They, they did favor a little bit, especially in a punt block situation and a scoop and score real quick. So I just, that I've, makes I've it noticed tough. that and I, I feel for you because Thank you. you glance over and you're, you're not, no, we're on offense. We're on Butch offense. Owens, it's why I trust Butch. Butch Owens is the best and you'll always have it straightened out for me. Now on the Nick Saban show, I almost called it your show, but it's Nick Saban's show. Yeah, it's, you, uh, it's, it's, you know, most people don't know the contracts are written. But, Chris Stewart show with Nick Saban. Okay. So on that show, uh-huh. he told you psychologically we need a break, but there's still work to be done. And when there's still work to be done, you're not going to focus on what you're doing right. You're going to focus on what you're not doing as well or you're doing mm-hmm. wrong. So what do they focus on this week? I think it is truly getting getting better, sharper. I mean, they've got they've got a breakdown of everything that hey, this these are areas we're struggling. Mm-hmm. Let's work on this. You know, let's clean some things up. Think they'll change anybody on punt or kick return? Uh, or no. That's a really good question. I was thinking about that today because just before I came over, I was watching a little bit of the replay, um, and you know. Kool-Aid is incredibly talented, but he has not been perfect by any stretch. Uh, he's tried to field a punt or two. Not that it's always his fault, but it was the South Florida game. He thought the ball had hit somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he went to try to pick it up, and when he did, he, he mishandled it, uh, turned it over. They got their only points of the game. Well, that looked like it was going to be the only points of the game for the longest time. But that's a mistake. He had one after Alabama had gone up, I think, on the scoop and score to make it a 14-point lead. Um, Bama forces a three and out. Tennessee punts, and he's, it's kind of an in-between. Do I mm-hmm. field it? Do I not field it? He gets away from it, and it, it rolls an additional 20, 25 yards. Yeah. and winds up down inside the 10, maybe inside the 5, and that could have been disaster. Alabama managed it well, overcame it, but I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, you're always getting somebody ready in case of injury because you lose Kool-Aid, you're losing your corner and your return Mm -hmm. guy, so you better have some others ready there, and they do, but I've I've got a feeling they may take a little bit more of a look there, even even though it hasn't been disastrous, uh, you want to make sure you're better, and that means giving him more work Try to get better on that, focus on that, but also seeing what your other options are. A lot of folks still talking about Jermaine Burton, and if his taunting and what he is doing were really an issue, would Saban have stopped it by now, or does he see that as maybe one of the only guys that has a little fire or a little gig in him? No, I don't know. I I don't think Coach likes it. Yeah. I don't know. Hadn't asked, haven't asked anybody about that specifically and in that manner. I, just knowing him, though, I don't think he likes it. Yeah. Um, I think he'd prefer to not see it. Uh, I think he's probably voiced that. But there are times and there are certain guys in certain situations that you have to you take a little of the bad with the good. Mm-hmm. And I do think it's part of what's changed a little bit as a whole. 
um, when you've got four and five star wideouts as backups, <laughs> yeah. you can afford to do some things um, personnel wise in terms of teaching lessons mm-hmm. that you may not be able to teach. Yeah. And I don't know if Alabama is good enough at that position right now and deep enough that they feel like they can go, Jermaine, sit down. Sit down. Now, not that you're going to let the inmates run the asylum. Right. But at the same time, there's stuff you you may tolerate more than you would otherwise based on what your personnel really is. If it, I say all of that to say, if he were a true problem, in the term that's that's used often to describe somebody within an organization, business, football team, if he were a cancer, mm-hmm. they'd cut him out. Yeah. I don't think they feel that's the case with right. him. They do prefer that he would calm it down a little bit in some certain areas. I, I've had a theory that uh, it was really ever since... Alabama played in Auburn, so it was two years ago, and looked awful doing it, and uh, barely escaped. Mm-hmm. People were convinced that Georgia was going to slaughter them that next week in the SEC championship game, and they come out and they just Great annihilate game. the Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. And I think Nick Saban sometimes plays possum, where sometimes he may roll over a little bit uh, and just just let the next team maybe think They've got something. I don't know necessarily he did it in the first half of the Tennessee game on purpose. No. I, I just think sometimes because he he likes to rattle some cages. I hear what you're saying, and I don't... You can disagree all you want. Uh, well, and I'm going to. That's fine. I know you, you probably thought I would. No. It, it's not that I think that's by any stretch done intentionally. I don't think he panics. If it's not going well, and I think they also do a great job of adjusting. Right. Uh, and I think it can give that illusion because they do such a good job of fixing what was wrong. Or so often mm-hmm. they will fix what was wrong. But, you know, I know at halftime he was pretty calm from what I'm told. I wasn't. I used to be in there. When I was yeah. in the sidelines, I would go in and I would want to hear what he said or more so how he said it. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, and he told you on, on, on the show, the Nick Saban show, said, I usually don't talk to him until right, we're getting ready to go back out. Yeah. So he's very calm. Mm-hmm. And well, it was, it was also funny this week, going back to the previous week, the Arkansas game. You remember Alabama had played really well in the first half. Mm-hmm. And, and he joked on the show in the opening segment. He goes, now, I know later on you're going to ask me what I told him at halftime, because you always do, but we – you know, what's not been very good because we're terrible, blah, blah, blah. You know, I did a lousy job. And so somewhat in jest, when we get to the segment where I go, Coach, what you tell them at <laughs> halftime? Well, we got to that segment this week. I said, Coach, you, you kind of blamed yourself because yeah. you didn't feel like you gave much of a halftime speech a week ago against Arkansas. Dang, you got a whole lot better <laughs> at it this week. And, uh, you know, he was quick to deflect the attention. Yeah. But it was uh, – there was no doubt they were they were a whole lot better at the break this time than they were a week ago. Do milestones mean anything to Nick Saban? 
You know, a little bit they do. Um, because he just he just passed 300 wins. Um, 200 at Alabama. Yeah. 200 Alabama, and that was that was pretty funny. I'll tell you a story on that one. Poor Josh Maxson, who's the uh, as you know the primary media contact mm-hmm. for football indirectly to Coach mm. Saban. It's not a fun job. It's it's not a fun job. Uh, he's a pinata a lot of the time, bless mm-hmm. his heart. But there was the circumstance we did the we did the show last week mm-hmm. and I knew that it was the two hundredth at Alabama. And the very last thing I did on the show, uh, I said, Coach, I know you don't like to talk about these type things, um, but a milestone, just as you said, was reached. And on behalf of all of us, congratulations on your 200th win as the head coach at the University of Alabama. And he goes, you know, he truly is humble with that. And, and the, the hands went under the, yeah. the armpit, so I knew he was not really <laughs> comfortable with it when you, when you see that. He's either cold. That's his tell. It's yeah. outside. It's one of two things. If we're outside and it's, you know, sub 50 degrees, yeah. sub 40 especially, this means I'm cold. Okay. Uh, if it's not, it, it means either I'm uncomfortable or I'm mad. Okay. So I, I, I know what that look is. And when he did that, I could tell he wasn't mad, but he was a little uncomfortable because he didn't like the praise toward yeah. him. But... Uh, he said, "Gosh, I didn't, I didn't even know that." But uh, you know, a lot of people. He, he gave the answer you would yeah. expect, praising everybody else. But we got through with it. We got through with the show, and uh, he, or we got through with that segment, which was the end of the show. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. And he goes, "Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know that." And poor Josh goes, "Coach, I'm sorry. I meant to tell you after the game." I sure wasn't gonna bring it up beforehand because I knew what the reaction. Would, I knew what the reaction would be. He's, so I didn't know you really because I, I I've assumed that people had asked him already about it. So no. I didn't know that he didn't know until you told him. Nobody, nobody had said anything huh. about the post game deal, and it, it is amazing to see how truly focused he is. There was, I can't remember how many years ago it was, but there was a year where. Um, with, I think, Auburn losing on this particular week in Alabama having beaten Mississippi State, or if they, Auburn had lost earlier, and if Alabama won, then they would clinch a spot in Atlanta mm-hmm. for the SEC championship. Would not matter what happened in the Iron Bowl. Mm-hmm. And so we're talking about that post game post-TV show. Mm-hmm. And he goes, so we'd have gone anyway, even if we lost. And, and what struck me with that is that he's serious. He really didn't know. He's so focused on just he's winning. He's so locked in on game. taking care of business in that moment yeah. that he truly had shut himself out. And, and on the one hand, that's shocking because of the fact that he leaves no stone unturned and no detail. Right. You know, even they, they even had a plan, whatever it was, with the uh, eclipse a couple of weeks ago. I mean, they, they knew the timing yeah. of it. They, they didn't know really what that was going to be or look like or whatever. 
but there was conversation about it in the plan. The man planned for an eclipse, right. for crying out loud, <laughs> but didn't know that if if they yeah. lost that particular game, they still were going to be sure of an SEC title because he doesn't want there to be or an appearance in the title game. He didn't want there to be anything distracting from the task at hand, which was taking care of and winning that football game. It's fascinating. That is funny. Yeah. It's interesting. Well, do you think he'll pass Bryant? Does he have that up? That How two, far would that be about two more seasons? To pass him for number of wins at Alabama? Yeah. I was thinking of that as well. I've forgotten what the number at Alabama, wins at Alabama would be. 323 was Coach's record, I believe, all time yeah. for number of wins. Uh, I remember watching when he won 315, obviously, wow. against Auburn and yeah. tied it with 314 against Penn State. But 323, I believe, was the win total. Yeah. He's got 200 at Alabama. I don't remember what the total win number is, but. It's got to uh, be close. I don't think he's far. I just, and then that's why I'm asking if milestones mean anything to him that, you know, there, there is there is a, a quiet chatter yeah. that, is this the last season? Or is he making a victory lap? Is that why he went and thanked, um, you know, the crowd on Saturday? Is that the reason he's doing this? Yeah, I think you can read into a lot of things whichever way you want to. And as you said, you can keep saying that something for long enough and it's going to become true. Here's why I'm grinning so yes, big. Yes, please go ahead. Because you're talking about milestones and do they matter. One of my favorite moments ever was actually with the Tennessee deal. And I think I've told you, and I may have even told this last week, I can't remember, about seven in a row over Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And his reaction, you know, I'm going to ignore you, and then you can say what you want to say. So that was seven wins. The next year we, he get, he's – he beats Tennessee in Knoxville, mm-hmm. and it was his eighth straight win. And we got through with taping the show, and I had emphasized twice during the show that that was eight straight against Tennessee. And he takes the microphone off, and he's handing it to Tom Roberts, who was still producing our sh- the mm-hmm. show at the time. And he goes, uh, anybody done that around here before, Tom? And Tom didn't really know what he meant. Right. And he said, excuse me? And he goes... Eight straight against Tennessee. Has anybody done that at Alabama before? And poor Tom had to tell him, uh, yeah, Coach Coach actually, Bryant went ten straight. Actually, yeah. And he goes, and it was almost like a kid who'd been told no on something. <laughs> and he's like, oh. And he kind of uh-huh. walked off. And I still to this day can't believe I did it, Kelly. But I grabbed Nick Saban by the arm as he's walking away. Okay. And to go back all through that game at Tennessee, they even piped in they even had speakers on the field to amplify the crowd noise. I was there. I could hear it in the speakers. They were they were trying to get whatever juice they could. Bama yeah. beat them like 42 to mm-hmm. 14. Yeah. It was not even close. But every time out, there's, there's all these clips and highlights of past Tennessee moments against Alabama. They were really drawing on the history to try to yeah. – they were trying to crack the whip however they could. So the TV show ends. He asked Tom that question. Tom has to tell him the unfortunate news. No, you got two more years to catch Bryant. He walks off. I grab him by the arm. I said, hey, let me tell you something. <laughs> you see these big old video boards up here, Coach? I said, all through the ball game here at Neyland Stadium, they kept showing highlights from past Tennessee wins over Alabama. But you know what? Not one clip was in HD because they hadn't invented that the last <laughs> time they beat us. 
And he looked at me like I'd lost my mind. And for a second, I thought I'd lost my job. Uh -huh. And then he grinned about as big as I've ever seen wow. him grin. He turned to walk off, and he laughed yeah. out loud. And he turned to walk off. He looked back at me, grinned again, laughed again. And I thought, man, I don't need a cigar. I got mine right there. So that was like, my victory. I'm going to drop this mic right here because nothing else I could ever do. Yeah. So it's not what drives him. Okay, that's a Milestones good point. Milestones don't point. drive him. Yeah. But he respects history enough that he does find it pretty cool when he finds out that something he's been a part of, mm -hmm. and that's how he would phrase it. He's, it's not his, it's the team's. Yeah. But something that he's been a part of did indeed help make history because he respects history in a big way. Do you think that they would... Eventually, would it, would it be Saban Field? I would, would be they ever... stunned. I would be stunned if when his career is over, that's not what it is. If it's not I didn't know if it would be Bryant-Denny Saban. Bryant-Denny Saban Stadium. Yeah. I don't, I, Saban Field may make more sense because yeah. the field itself is not named for anyone. Right. And you could still stay with the legacy of Bryant-Denny Stadium. Nick Saban, I, I think that would be very fitting. But unless he were to specifically say, I do not want that, right. there's no way there won't be something like that. They've already got the statue. The statue, I, but every coach yeah. gets that. Right. And there will be a road named after yes. him. You know, all the streets around the stadium have a coach who's won a national championship. Uh, have one named after him. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, there's the Saban Center, which is the, uh, well, I'm sorry, it's the, the Catholic Student Center. Oh, yeah. That's yep. yep. named, I think, the Saban Family. Center. I may be wrong. Um, there's other things that are named for him because Nick's Kids has been such a yeah. huge part of impacting that. But there's there's going to be a road. There's got to be. Yeah, uh, and it's got to be some pretty prominent stuff because, again, there are two coaches that have won six national championships at the University of Alabama, and he's one of them. And and I'm I've, I've said it before. I'll never get into the debate over who was the better coach. Right. It just blows my mind having lived on this earth and all of it in Alabama since 1970. It blows my mind that there would even be a conversation about somebody at the University of Alabama having an impact that rivals the impact of Paul Bryan at all. Yeah. Unbelievable that there could even be a conversation, but that's what we've got and will have for years to come. Okay, in keeping with, I guess, the respect and the national perspective of Alabama, Currently, they moved up to uh, number nine in the AP poll. Mm -hmm. um, they are the third of the one-loss teams. Of let's see, we've got Oregon, we've got Texas. Texas, and then Alabama. Is this where they should be? Uh, you know, I think they're going to be better. I don't think they're given the benefit of the doubt because I think there is some national fatigue, for lack of a better term, jealousy, whatever you want to say. But I think that's very fair because Texas beat them head-to-head. Mm -hmm. -head. Texas's loss to Oklahoma was on a neutral site. Great game, tough finish. Mm -hmm. uh, 
Oregon. Great game with Washington, mm-hmm. correct? Oh, without that's question. Only, yeah. That's their only loss. That question. Um, and I don't remember if that was in Eugene or if that was... With the Washington... Yeah. Was that, that, was, that was in Seattle. That was in Seattle. Okay. Yeah. So even more so. You know, how are you going to punish those guys? Right. Um, in, in that regard and everybody else being undefeated right now, um, I think it's fair. Yeah. The great thing is there are still opportunities, LSU being one of them. However, uh, beating LSU is not going to vaunt you any higher necessarily it, unless you do it in spectacular fashion. Or, and or, any of some of these others are going to play each other Without, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and what you're pulling for in those is blowouts. Mm-hmm. You don't want them so close that there's potential for a rematch or question mark and you got an undefeated, let's say undefeated, Oh, is Ohio State undefeated as well? Yep. Okay. Undefeated Michigan. One loss, Ohio State. The loss is to Michigan. And it was a either controversial finish or a one-possession game, mm-hmm. something like that, yep. where they're doing the rematch conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Georgia has a hiccup before the SEC title. A lot game. of people are thinking that there's, yeah, that yeah. That, without, and, and without Brock Bowers without, that it's coming. So there's a hiccup, and for whatever reason, crazy as it is to think of now, based on what it's been in recent years, let's say it's well, Washington's got a loss now. So that's tough to say. Give me another undefeated team high up there. Well, you have Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Oklahoma. Okay, let's say it's undefeated Oklahoma. And... Got Florida uh, State up there. Yeah, but let's say, all right, so let's say Michigan's undefeated, Florida State's undefeated, Oklahoma's undefeated, and Ohio State's one loss... Is to, is, is to well, they're going to play twice. Okay. No, they wouldn't play in the they're in the Big uh, Ten game. I can't remember. I, I don't know that you're, the we're, legends, leaders. You're, you're having me stuff. carry the one now, and I can't. And I'm, I'm not in dangling participles, yeah. which will get you arrested if you're not on Bourbon Street. Right. So I, I got you. I was means. with you. I Thank was with you. you. I don't even know what that yeah. meant. So I'm glad you did. I was there. So I can see a scenario. Yeah. Where the SEC champion this year with one loss does not get in. That was my next question. It's crazy. You did it. Okay, so with an off week, uh, Tarion, concussion, likely to be back against LSU. Yeah. Um, Malachi Moore stepped back in. Yeah, almost, he looked good. Almost seamless. Yeah. Um, but, you know, both Alabama and LSU with a bye week right. this week. Um, you know, does that affect either one, or is it just... No, they're used to it. Yeah. It's every year now. They both get the break. They need it. Yeah. Um, Alabama's a little different because that Tennessee week is more taxing than LSU's was against... Was it, Ar- was it Army? No. Yeah. Yeah. I knew it was a service academy. Yeah. I thought it was Army. Uh, didn't get pushed, but they're also playing really well right now. Um, Bama, seven straight weeks... I think they needed the break. Yeah. LSU probably like to play again right now. Uh, Not that they yeah. aren't tired. They may have had seven straight. I don't know. I'm not as familiar with theirs, but they've got some momentum going. And having not been really pushed this past mm-hmm. weekend, they probably wouldn't mind going again. But Alabama's 
even though Alabama played their best half of football of the year, they need to get to to a break. They needed this bad. I don't think the significance can be overlooked that the game is in Tuscaloosa this year. Yeah, I agree. I think that that will play a big factor. I think it played a big factor against Tennessee. Um, that was a game that, had they been playing in Knoxville, mm-hmm. I don't know would have had a similar outcome. I just believe that in Tuscaloosa is a lot more friendly than a night game in Baton Rouge. No doubt. Particularly for this team. And yet Alabama's lost their, what, twice since the late 60s? Yeah. You know, so it's it's not the house of horrors by any stretch for Alabama that it has been for other right. programs, yeah. or at least that it's made up to be for other programs over the years. I I don't know that it matters as, that much for Alabama, but while it may not be as tough for Alabama to play in Baton Rouge, it is definitely advantage to play them in Tuscaloosa. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it hurts them playing on the road because they've been so successful. But, yeah, it's better to be at home, no doubt. Well, we do have a bye week, and that gives us a little time, oftentimes, to discuss things other than just the task at hand. It always concerns me now, Kelly. I don't know where you're going with this. Well, it gives us some time to tell, like, some of our favorite yarns, spin some of our favorite yarns. True stories? True, well, it could be either one, because oftentimes true stories need a little inflation to make them even better. And I know you get around. In, in good Excuse ways. Excuse me? Yeah. You get around. Sailor. In good ways. Okay. Um, I've been around the block a time or two, but I also took several years off. What are we talking about right here? I don't know. Not really. I get, I get, but again, it's a bye week, so I get, I get kind of lost. But like I have been dying I'm not to worried about lost. I'm worried about getting us both fired or worse. Go we're ahead. not, re- we're not really employed. So, no, it, I mean, that. They they can try and fire us. Is this us. even we'll just, rolling? We'll just keep coming back up each week. Okay. They can try and fire us. But you you have some good stories. I've been around a while. I've been around a while. Yeah, you get around again. You're you're wanting the uh, I'm, you're I'm, wanting the Mike Shula Great Southern Wood story. I'm trying to coax this out of you. You want the you want the yes, Mike Shula. All right. In the best Southern genteel way, as opposed to just understand coming right out at you. So, Mike Shula's been named the head football coach at Alabama after, as you recall, Mike Price was dismissed. Yes, I remember that. We all understand and remember, if not Google it, the circumstances that that resulted in Mike Price uh, no longer being the head coach at Alabama. I'm working for CTSN then, as I am now, and was given the assignment, along with Guy in the sales office, of going to... I'd been invited to play in Jimmy Rain's uh, golf tournament, the Yellowwood, Great Southern Wood Golf Tournament, which has a ton of coaches. Yes. In fact, ultimately, at the the big dinner that they do, there is a three-level, two-sided head table. Like you've got the microphone in the middle. Every coach in the Southeast and, and others, they sponsor in their own retainer. So all these coaches are sitting at this head table. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I get there, and I'm tasked with picking up Mike Shula and my boss okay. at the little airport in Auburn. Okay. okay. Well, first of all, the plane is about to touch down, and I look at the guy that I'm with from our sales staff, and I said, 
here's the deal. From the time he lands until it's wheels up, I'm not taking him out of my sight because we're not losing a coach on my watch. Not on your watch. Not on no. my watch. Uh-uh. All right. So we pick up Mike Shula. We drive to this lodge or hotel where the event was taking place. And of all years, this wasn't done after Mike Shula was named the head coach. It had amazingly been done six months earlier. They had lined up Don Shula to be the guest speaker. Oh, funny. The recently retired Don Shula mm-hmm. to be the speaker at this event. Couldn't be more perfect. Well, we're going to go as soon as we get there with Mike. We're going to take him to Don Shula's room Mm -hmm. so he can have some time talking to his dad before this deal. And it dawns on me as I'm walking with my boss to this room with the new head football coach at Alabama. Holy cow, I'm about to get to meet Don Shula, winning his coach. NFL. Yes. Holy cow, I'm about to meet Don Shula. You have the head coach of Alabama and I'm about to meet Don, Don Shula. Shula. Yes. We get there. We get there. The door, we, uh, Butch uh, Henry, my boss, knocks on the door. And it was one of, it's an older lodge, it's nice, mm-hmm. but it's the deal where the room's open to the outside. Okay, okay. yeah. The door opens. And all of a sudden, there's Don Shula in his tidy whities goes, hey, Mikey. And my boss jaw drops, hits Mike Shula in the chest with his goodie bag that he'd been given when mm-hmm. he registered and goes, um, we'll be back to pick you up in a little while. And we just walk off. We didn't say anything more. What do you say at that point? So did you? Didn't, so there was no introduction. Like, there, there was, was no introduction. Okay. Didn't shake hands. Don or, Shula, I'm okay. not touching the no. man's in his underwear. Okay. So Don Shula and Mike Shula are in, in the room. Me and Butch walk. We're we're a good fifty to a hundred feet away from the door before either one of us says a word. Yeah. And Butch says something like, "Man, I think this is this is going to be great having Mike Shula at Alabama." He goes with Don around. He goes. I think we'll be seeing a lot more of him. I said, Butch, I'll be honest. I don't want to see any more of Don Shula than I just saw right There's now. There's no more. Okay. I've seen enough. And, yeah. And so I about lost Butch right there. Yeah. So so we go back about 30 minutes, an hour later, after they've had a chance to visit, get him and, and walk Mike back. And as we are walking, I can't believe I did this. This has been 20-something years ago now. Yeah. Um, we're walking him to the head table trying to get him to his spot. And I go, hey, Mike, I got to tell you, I'm never going to forget, forget meeting your dad for the first time. And he looks back and he grins. He goes, yeah, how about that? And I said, man, come to think about it, older coach, white hair, underwear, hotel room. That's kind of how you got this job, wasn't it? And he stopped and looked at me, and I thought, I can't believe I just said that. And the look on his face was, I can't believe you just said that either. And he goes, wow. And I said, I'm sorry. And he just grinned, shook his head, kept on walking, and I'm still employed, and I still can't believe it. That 
There's a lot more where that came from, Mike. That is true story, though. That every is word funny. of it. Wow. Yeah. That's um. Some that's, uh, yeah. Sometimes I'm amazed that I'm still alive, let alone that I'm still employed. That really is a priceless moment. Uh, and, uh, and it's funny no though that Mike never it. like, you know, Coach Shula, the younger Coach Shula. Never said any like justified or like oh my dad loves to just you know. Start well, I mean that. it was no big deal. He knew it was Mike at the door. You know it really wasn't, but it was just ironic. The I, I like would I though, said, however, if something like that happened, I would probably like later be like my dad loves to uh, like free time, hang out in his underpants and just. Well, I, no, I'm not even going to go there. It I, was I, just it, something I'll never forget. Let's believe it at that. I don't. I don't know. If there's anything else that we can say that can. Say good night, Gracie. Top that. Uh, Say good night, Gracie. Gracie. And so, I think we will not have you giving us a roll tide. We will miss Coach Saban's birthday uh, for you to give an opportunity to, to wish him a happy birthday. Happy before. birthday, Coach! Happy anniversary of your 29th birthday once That's right. again. That's right. And uh, we will look forward to. We'll be back here next week. Maybe. Hopefully. Maybe after uh, this one. We who look knows? forward. Yeah, we, we're hoping. And uh, so no, nothing really this week. What do you do on an off? On the weekend. off weekend, yeah. it's, it's. I think I've told you this before, but I was in a I was in a high school graduating class of fourteen kids. Yeah, I was in the first class at Central Park Christian. Wow! And Sounds great like friends. It was great. I mean, there are homeschool yeah. kids that have bigger classes yeah. than mine, but it was great. And we were like brothers and sisters, uh, really, really close. And we had our thirty-five year class reunion this past summer at the Bright Star, but yeah. we decided we're not going to go that long with getting together again, and so we kind of had it set up for a while. Somebody's at somebody's house. We're going to have a nice. picnic, on, okay. and they were so kind to, to schedule it on the Alabama bye weekend so I could be there. Well, when there are and only 13 others that they're working yeah, around. exactly. Y'all could so get a sprinter van and like hang out probably. about and have, but it's... Uh, a short bus. I'm looking forward to that, having okay. some, some time with some friends yeah. and That'll be a cool thing. I know. It is one of those awkward weekends when it's you kind of like, what? We don't have anything to schedule. There will be. Around. I guarantee you this. There's not a there's not a wedding chapel you can go to oh. within a hundred miles that won't be occupied because they're all being they're all being worked in. Crank they them have in. One I know. Every two hours, this man, rotation. weekend. Yep. This weekend. Exactly. Okay, well, I hope to see you back here next week. Yeah, I hope I'm still employed. I, I, I do too, but um, okay. This even is though, your fault. Even yeah, well, It's always my fault. I, I accept that everywhere I go. Uh-huh. Um, okay, well, even though we don't need one for the game, we can't leave you without a signature. Have a, you've got to have a roll tie. That's right, and you can always find Chris Stewart here or at Chris, Chris Stewart, Stewart Online. Online. Correct. Two S's, that's right. S at the end of Chris, S at the start of Stewart. Two S. Okay. Two S. Well, for two S, Chris. <laughs> I'm two L Kelly, and we will Kelly. see. You, and we'll see you next week. Respect the process. Come join us. Disrupt the media. Everyone have a great week. Bye.